Hi, I am Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. Yeah, and I'm Eric Garcia Gunderson from Locked On Blazers. Crossover episode Blazers Cavs just finished up, so uh, excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was an interesting game, and both teams get injured point guards coming back. Isaiah Thomas, of course, making his season debut coming off the bench. Damian Lillard coming back from a short absence. Um, Isaiah Thomas, I think, will be the thing, Eric, that we talk about most out of this game just because I I don't know how you feel about him in this game, but I think this was way better of a performance for him. 17 points, 6 of 12 from the field, played crunch time, played 19 minutes overall, got a technical foul in his first game of the season. I I think this was as good of a performance as you could hope for him in his first game back this season. Definitely. I think it was better than expected. I think also uh, the Cavs and I think everyone involved did a really good job of kind of playing down expectations like, oh, you know, we don't know how it's going to be. You know, we're going to have to adjust, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, he looked like Isaiah Thomas tonight in 19 minutes. Uh, and I mean, really him and D Wade were the guys that closed the game out, really, in my opinion. I, I I mean, they were able to kind of win that game with LeBron on the bench, go on a, a 13-0 run, I think it was. And and, and that uh, was impressive. And I thought the other thing was Wade and Thomas really played well together, too. Wade and Thomas having that instant chemistry, to me, is a huge thing for the Cavs. Because I think if you look at what has been the weakness of this team, I tweeted this, but this is a... Uh, a weakness for the Cavs the past couple of years has been how do they survive without LeBron? And I, you know, I, I don't think it's that that's fair to, sit, to to look at this and say, okay, Wade and Thomas get the and after one game, and even Wade with how well he's led those bench units this year, it's fair to look at that and say, okay, they're better that than this than let's say Kyrie Irving, right? Like I, I don't think that's fair, but I think I think with what they're doing with them, with putting Thomas and they're gonna, it seems like they're gonna put Thomas and Wade out there together in those minutes. They're gonna put Corver out there to provide some extra spacing. Um, we'll see what the rest of the lineup looks like tonight. It was Green and Tristan Thompson, which I think is fine, um, especially if Thomas can provide that spacing and kind of make things looser when you have two non-shooters out there, and really three if teams start ignoring Wade come the playoff time. But I think having those guys going around like that, and and if Thomas can elevate those bench units and make those even more dangerous, because we already know how good the Cavs are going to be when LeBron's on the floor because of what LeBron does, that just makes this Cavs team, I think, even better. And I don't know what how much that changes their trajectory or how much it will actually impact their title chances, but I think it makes them more dangerous in a way and it makes them different in a way that we haven't seen in the second LeBron era. Yeah. And I, you know, it does, I think from the Cavs perspective, I think it does, you know, when looking at this team and, and looking at how it fit pretty almost seamlessly, you know, you start talking to yourself into, okay, well they can do a lot of things and they can survive in those moments without LeBron. And I, I agree with you that, I mean, it's hard to say that they are, you know, have a better chance to win the championship because the Warriors are so good. And we saw, you know, how good the Warriors are very recently against the Cavs, but those minutes without LeBron were such a disaster for the Cavs in the last few finals. And, you know, if, if if they can stagger those minutes and have IT play more with Wade on those second units and, and you know, tread water. And tonight they did better than tread water. They they were swimming freestyle like Michael Phelps out there. I mean, it was – it was they were – if they can do that, you know, that opens up, 
you know, it, it creates, it gives them more of a chance. You can't, I mean, obviously it's the Warriors, but it's like you, you, it does give them more of a chance. I mean, I don't think you can say that it like, it's a 0% impact. I think it, there is an impact there. And I, and I think there are questions about, you know, what would Thomas and Wade look like defensively in, in that series? I think that's a hundred percent a fair question to, to wonder about how they're going to would fare. But like, I, I think you just looked at what Thomas, how Thomas and Wade fit in terms of an, as an offensive duo, Wade can now cut more and he's had to handle the ball a lot this year. And I think it, that's something he should keep doing because it's worked and it's uh, he's Dwayne Wade. And even at this age, he's still very, very good. But if he can cut off ball, if he can, he can set screens for people and he can do some of the the stuff on a smaller scale than what he did with LeBron in Miami. The first time there's a, a Chris Herring piece from when he signed with the Cavs from at five thirty eight about, about how like LeBron brings that aspect of Wade out. I think Isaiah can do a lot of the same thing. I think, Wade cutting is just going to make him harder to defend. It means you have Jeff Green, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Korver, and Dwayne Wade all moving around Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, say what you want about, like, Jeff Green and Tristan Thompson as overall players and critique them. But when you have to worry about Dwayne Wade, who's one of the best cutters ever and is one of the best scorers ever, and Kyle Korver, who's one of the best shooters ever, and all he needs is half a second to get a shot off – and Tristan Thompson can just roll to the rim and Jeff Green can cut to the rim and dunk because he's so explosive. When you have Isaiah pulling the strings and him being able to attack, that's a really good recipe for a successful bench line. Even if I have some concerns about the spacing, but I think the framework of that and what we saw already already on Tuesday is is a really, really big thing for the Cavs. Yeah, and and I think it also helps with Tristan Thompson. I mean, he had a great he had a great game in this one, and I think it, it you know it helps all those things. And it you know really helps loosen things up, like you said. And uh, you know that that unit was what won the game for for the Cavs in this one because the Blazers Dame played really well, had twenty five points, looked good. He was moving well. He was shooting some really deep threes and you know, kind of had it all going, uh, except for some turnovers, but, uh, and Nurk had a, a good game for the Blazers, but the, the bench units, I mean, that was just a complete disaster for the Blazers in this one. And they just, they just could not hang with Thomas and Wade. And it's just super impressive that they were able to do that in their first game. Uh, and I guess it'll be interesting to see whether, how often those two guys play together when it is back in the starting lineup. That, yeah, that would be interesting. Now, and, and we will still have to see how the rotation will adjust once Isaiah is starting because I think, you know, Jose Calderon's probably not going to start and play very much going forward. And I think he's been, um, I, you know, I think. I think he's definitely like I, I think Calderon's been awesome in what they've asked him to do, and he's he succeeded just in terms of not being tur- turning the ball over and whatnot. But I think Isaiah is clearly going to be an upgrade. And so what what happens? And we didn't see Jetty Osman tonight on uh, Tuesday. So what, does that does if if Calderon goes to the bench, does that mean Osman or could get more minutes? Does that mean more minutes for Crowder for Corver? And, and you know, and we still don't know because they're hurt. What is how does Isaiah's return impact Derrick Rose and Amon Shumpert? Those are two guys that were in the rotation. Rose was signed to be Isaiah's backup, you know, over the summer, and he wasn't good this year by any means. And we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Um, you know, and what is what is Amon Shumpert's role? Does he have minutes? Does he do they want to use him to eat into backup point guard minutes? Do they want to have him eat into Corver Jr. Smith? These are questions that Isaiah. They're good problems to have, but they're questions the Cavs are going to have to answer once this whole team's actually healthy. And I, Isaiah is clearly the most important part of that group. 
But I, I think this was the first step in something that we're going to f- see a fully realized Cavs roster, hopefully uh, in their mind, probably like in a month or so. If, you know, if Amon Shumper returns healthy and Isaiah can, you know, get to playing 30 minutes a night and, and starting on a game to game basis, not having to sit out back to backs and, and being on a minutes restriction. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think uh, to take it back here for the Blazers for a moment uh, on on this uh, in this game, I mean, you could I think we clearly saw in the second half, in addition to the fact that the Cavs played really well, you know, the the effects of, you know, they played a, a tough game last night against the Bulls. It was I think it was 124, 120, and they needed every bit of uh, of energy they needed in that game. And you can just looking at the box score, you can see just the descending, you know, the production and, and Dame, I think just kept them afloat most of the night. And Nurkic had one of his better offensive games, but uh, overall, I think the Blazers just kind of just ran out of gas at the end uh, in this one. And Evan Turner played well. He had another good game, but uh, Aminu not making his threes, that's going to hurt the Blazers. And uh, I think also too, just the energy having seen Thomas play so well. I think that in addition to the fact that, the Cavs had a couple of days off and this being their last home game before they hit the road that they, you know, I think they got a boost off of Isaiah just being there, you know, just the spiritual, you know, lift that he brought just by being on the court and, and making it back there. I think that was, you know, just the the emotional component as well. And I thought maybe there would be an adjustment period and they would have to kind of figure it out. But it was it was it was so smooth. I could not believe it tonight. So for the Blazers, you get Damian Lillard back. You get the the best player on the team back on the second half of a back to back. Nonetheless, where they played in overtime uh, the night before. What I mean, I don't. The Blazers have had kind of an interesting season because their defense has been really good. But they get Lillard back. What what is even though they lose this game, they get their best player back. What does that mean for them over the next couple weeks? I mean, they desperate they desperately need it. Uh, they have really struggled to score on the offensive end, and and Dame has has played really good defense for the most part when he's been on the court for them. So, it, <clears throat> he's he's really uh, a key piece for them. And I think CJ has had some tough games as well with Dame out in the entire defense closing in on him. And uh, I think that's going to help his game. They've really had to rely a lot on Shabazz Napier, who uh, has had a better season, but is not. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't feel like this is controversial to say this. I don't think it's someone you want to rely on uh, to play big minutes every night. Damian Lillard's, you know, two-time All Star and 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 big time scorer and tonight against the Cavs I thought he really stepped up I thought CJ had a pretty nice game but the you know the, the a lot of the rest of the supporting cast the bench units especially they just got they got outworked and 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 run off the court and I, I also think the Blazers got a little bit tired, but uh, Dame coming back, that is huge to see. And and not only him coming back, but him coming back and looking really good, looking like Dame, that's going to be big when they come home uh, later on this week. And th- they haven't won at home, which has been the weirdest thing. They have, they just snapped a six game home losing streak with that crazy comeback against Philly. So, uh, they needed a little bit of everything. It's been a really weird season for the Blazers, but uh, good for them to get Dame back, and and I think they'll uh, really benefit from that. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the rest of the team shakes out because I think it's been the the rotations and the other, you know, the back end, the bench, especially where the Blazers have really had a tough time finding some consistency. 
Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Napier. He, I think, had he was against Isaiah at certain points in this game. Struggled with that. Uh, Fourteen minutes for him. Oh five from the field. Oh three from three. Minus ten. Uh, a worst. Uh, a bench worst. Minus ten plus or second worst in the bench behind Mo Harkless. A uh, plus minus of negative with Harkless being a negative twenty, and then you know Minu at minus minus sixteen and Nurkic, who I thought played well, and McCollum was a and, and McCollum I, I thought had a really good start to this game. That's the other thing about this that I think. Um, kind of was interesting because you had McCollum and Evan Turner, who both I think got off to good starts. Evan Turner and LeBron have this like weird little rivalry for whatever reason, and I think Turner started off well and then ended up filing out um, after he, he rebounds and whatnot. And then and McCollum just I feel like started off really well. Yeah, and I just I feel like I feel like he just wasn't there later on. I don't know if that was because Lillard was so much better uh, because I was focused on other stuff, but. That was just, I thought, a really interesting development. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think too. You know, he he kind of carried the load last night, and it might have been a situation where you know, even though he had a a pretty good game from the scoring standpoint and from an efficiency standpoint, it, it, you know, he did carry the load last night. Pretty much, he had thirty two and it hit a bunch of big shots late down the stretch, and uh, it also, you know, he's usually out there with those bench units, and they just didn't perform and and Shabazz didn't really deliver the way he has for a lot of the season and uh that hurt especially when IT when you're getting so much production from the Cleveland guards on that second unit in Wade and Thomas you know Thomas had 17 Wade had 15 so if you're not getting that kind of production from the the backcourt that's out there especially against the Cavs who can score with anybody as good as Portland's defense has been the Cavs offense is pretty much unstoppable and with it even more so so they had to bring it from a scoring standpoint tonight and they just didn't have enough firepower to keep up yeah i think i think you saw the fatigue a little bit the second half of the back-to-back i think coming in with a casting that just came off a road trip was happy to get home had the energy of getting isaiah back the energy of the crowd giving him a standing ovation on two different occasions that that's that's not something we can quantify in data but I think that matters. I think when you when you have a Cavs team that was off since Saturday gets back to its home, that I think does matter in some capacity. I think that just like does matter. And then and like you could tell how excited people were to have Isaiah play. Just how excited LeBron was, how Lou, Lou said it was a big thing, and and I think just getting that guy back is was a really big benefactor for the Cavs. Just not in terms of basketball sense, but an emotional sense of having this guy who exudes confidence and, and exudes swagger. I think that was a really big thing. Yeah. And I, and I think too, you know, I think, I think a lot of the guys on the, on the, on the Cavs and they were, t- I mean, LeBron talked about this this morning that, you know, it's, I think they, they were just happy for him as a human to get on the court and for all he's gone through, you know, the past year to have that, moment where he can go back and play the game that he loves on the highest level I think was all I think that you know that was also big too not even you know from you know other standpoints but I think there's a lot of things like like you said that are hard to quantify Uh, but yeah no it, it was an impressive game. Uh, Eric, should we tell people about draft before we continue? Oh I think we should. I draft is the best fantasy sports app the best daily fantasy sports app out there and it's super fun and tomorrow's draft wednesday so i think it's the perfect time yeah so if you didn't know this already your chances of winning on draft are 80 percent better than on salary cap sites and that's why it's mine and eric's favorite fantasy site there's no more getting crushed by the pros it's just me and more than a hundred million, hundred mil, a million people that are already downloaded draft and playing it you can play a real live nba draft right now you can get 
be done in under five minutes, and you can get paid the next day. There's nothing better than that. Um, and if you use the promo code LOCAS for LO listeners, and I and I don't, it's LO Blazers yeah, for yeah, yeah. LO LO Blazers, LO NBA as well. Also, also use the NBA. Yeah, and you can get a plan of real money drafts for free by using that promo code. Using one of those three promo codes, we just gave you three. You have, you have no excuse to not do that. And it gets even better because they're gonna guarantee you a money back guarantee of up to a hundred dollars. That I mean, what better way to do it? And it, it is Draft Wednesday in the Lockdown Network. You can play with all the hosts. We're all going to be drafting all day, and you can come and take our money because we're at least I'm bad at it. And you can play with us, win some money, have some fun, and and make your basketball viewing. You just have an investment in your basketball viewing. And all you have to do search Draft in your app store. Go to Draft.com and play for free with the promo either LOMBA, LO Cavs, or LO Blazers. Just use one of those promo codes and, and play Draft. Do it. You will really will not regret it, and yeah. it takes no time at all. So just go do it. Yeah. Just go yeah. play draft. It's draft Wednesday. Yeah. Super quick. It's like five minutes, and you're already playing a game, and you got a new team every day. So yeah, have fun on draft. Come play with us, and win some money. And what's better than what's better than money? I know you just spent way too much money on the holidays. Go go play draft. Go, do it. All right. Well, uh, I I was you know transitioning from that. I I will say I, I did want to, we. Did, Talked about this a little bit off air, but Jay Crowder tonight, uh, pretty nice game in a game where the Blazers dared him to beat them, basically. Uh, they kind of changed, they switched their defensive matchups a little bit. They put Al Farouk Aminu on Kevin Love and they had Nurk kind of floating and on Jay Crowder. And Crowder had. I don't think it was his best game, but one of his better games of the season, 17 points, four of eight from three, and uh, really delivered. And, and that's what the Cavs need from him. I mean, if the Cavs are really going to surprise people, if they're really going to be a team that has a fighting chance against the Warriors, you know, Crowder can't just be another guy. Yeah, I mean, I think what you saw from him tonight is the template of what you want from him. He was solid on defense, uh, was was switching, made life harder for the, the moments where he bailed out J.R. Smith in the first half for some of his better off-ball defensive work, in, I think, in recent memory. And uh, him hitting four raid from three is now obviously not something he's going to do night to night. And he's not the most consistent knockdown shooter. Um, and he's just he's not, he hasn't consistently made teams pay for hiding centers on him this year, but... When he plays like this, and maybe he himself too gets a boost from having Isaiah back his team in and his close friend back on the court with him, That that that's the, exactly what the Cavs want. They need a guy who's going to hit threes, who's going to attack off the dribble, who's going to rebound, and who's going to battle on defense. It gets gets two steals and a block as well in this game. And and I, like the other side of this is the, the Kevin Love, I, I tweeted this before the game and during the game, but he's, I think, having a really, really good offensive season that we might not be talking about enough. He made this matter even more because he kind of just outplayed off for Kaminu. Um, yeah, no, he like, he, 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 he definitely did. Aminu, uh, I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't say exposed, but it, I mean, Kevin Love was just getting buckets, and, and and that's how good he's been this year. It's a it's a tricky thing because I can understand exactly why teams do what they're doing because if you put Nurkic on Jay Crowder, it allows you to sag your best rim protector and the guy protecting your paint into the rim, right? Like that. That's what you're doing. But when you put a Minu, who you know is a very good defender, a very skilled defender, a versatile defender, on Kevin Love, you're you're basically banking on that 
Kevin Love is not, can't just fully physically dominate him. But Ke- what we've seen this year, I think, is that Kevin Love against smaller fours in this NBA can have some success because he's still bigger than a lot of them. He's still stronger, even if he's not Minnesota bulky, kind of overweight Kevin Love anymore. He's GQ, Banana Republic Kevin Love now. And he's so crafty with his post-ups. Like the, the shot, the turnarounds he hits, the little jump hooks he hits, and he stretches those guys out too. So it's not as if they can just plant their feet and sack off him. He he attacks you from all these different directions. And when he just outplays Aminu like this, um, even though Aminu had nine boards, he, he finishes with that minus plus minus a negative 16, only made one shot, only went to the line two times, and, and really had no success against Love. When that happens and Crowder does that, I and then you have LeBron and then everything else clicking, it was kind of nuts that Portland had that lead for a little bit. And then the Cavs come roaring back when all this other stuff did kind of work in their favor. And then it just kind of crescendoed in a, in a way. I don't know if I necessarily saw it coming, but it, it did come up in a way. Yeah, no, I mean, it it really worked out really well for for Cleveland in this game. And I mean, Kevin Love showed that he's, you know, he's Kevin Love. And I think he, he, he is deserving of an all-star appearance this year. I think with all of the, you know, LeBron, I think, definitely has uh, the probably the best case now for MVP, especially with the Harden injury. But you know, without Kyrie, without IT for a long time, you know, Wade ha- has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But outside, but Love has done more of that, and Love has been their most consistent player outside of LeBron this year. And even by mi- even after missing shoot around and being against a really good defender like Aminu, you know, this is what great players do. And when you're presented with good defense, you know, you still find a way to work in the NBA. And that's what love did tonight. You know, Aminu did his best, but love can hit you in so many different ways. And he's done that to so many different teams. Uh, I was really interested to see how the Blazers would approach that matchup because, you know, when you think about love and when they've played Philly and how he's been able to drag, say, Embiid away from the rim. And Portland's defense has been really good in large part because of Nurk. And the fact that the Blazers tried to change it and Love still broke it down uh, is a testament to how how good he is and how good he's been this year. If you look back at Love's season, the 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 way teams have defended him is, is fascinating because he does present these challenges, even if he's not the, the sexiest Guy, like I mean, there are there, it happens once a week where I I think he didn't play that well just by thinking about it right after the game. Then I look at the box score, I look at some clips real quick, and he had like a twenty point fifteen rebound night. I'm like, oh right, I'm forgetting how good Kevin Love is. And I, you know, I think like if you go to the, the think about the Warriors because they're just kind of always going to be there. They did they specifically curse had put Jordan Bell on him because they wanted someone really athletic on him. And I think someone like that that's a little small, a little bit more mobile that you're not necessarily worried about the rim protection is maybe the best type of guy to defend him. And I don't necessarily believe Jordan Bell is that as a rookie, even if he's been awesome for them. No, I mean, I mean, but Love had a monster. Like, it's the right thing. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, he was great on yeah. Christmas Day. No, he was great on Christmas Day. Even if he missed a lot of shots inside, he had an overall good game and his presence was there in a way that we necessarily haven't seen. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think, I mean, Jordan Bell is a really good uh, defender, but I don't, you know, I, I I am an Oregon grad, and I I did watch him pretty closely, and he's really great and very mobile in a lot of situations. But I don't think he's ever really gone against a guy that has just a game as well developed as Love and as nuanced and as you know. There's just so many different ways that Love can hurt you that 
you know, Bell, as good as he is, I just, you know, I don't like Aminu. I mean, Aminu is a great defender too. And I just think with how good love has been this season, I don't think there's necessarily like one guy that can really shut him down. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, these, you know, smaller, you know, four or five types, you know, I, I just think that's how good he's been this year. 100% agree. Eric, as we wrap this up, Blazers have a couple of days off. Yep. They don't play again until the fifth and, and at home against the, the lowly Atlanta Hawks. What is coming? What in, what in your mind is the, the what to watch out for for the Blazers in the next couple of days? Well, they can't turn it over. They just lost to the Hawks uh, in Atlanta pretty badly. And they turned it over 20 times in that game. Uh, they just they cannot give free points away to a team that is a terrible offense and a te- well and a, and a really bad defense too. I mean, they just can't give free points away to a team that is the worst team in the league. So, uh, and, and that's going to be a challenge because the Blazers have really been disappointing at home this year. Uh, but having Dane back, I think, I think all those things will, will help them and, and, and really, I think get things rolling in the right direction. I'm waiting for the offense to kind of figure itself out and I, I, you know, I, I thought that it might. I thought that it would by now. It hasn't, and uh, I, I'm kind of waiting to see whether it's going to click or not. But it, it's, it's got, you know, it's we're about to get halfway here through the season, and uh, they have have got to figure it out because they have played great defense, and that's kept them alive. But uh, they've got to find some kind of consistency on the offensive end, and it, it's going to be really interesting to see if they if they can find that. Yeah, I will be very curious to see if they can. I mean, I think Lillard being back in itself is just the biggest win for them, right? Like you just get that guy back, yeah. things should just become easier. Yes. Yeah, and then Cavs uh, tomorrow uh, have uh, Boston, so that should be fun. Yeah, no Isaiah Thomas, uh, and there will be no video for Isaiah. He asked for them not to do one, so that that'll it won't be a, a big Isaiah homecoming. That will be in February, February eleventh. That is the I was thinking about this already. It's weird to say this, but I think that February eleventh game where the Cavs played the the Celtics in Boston, it is Paul Pierce Jersey retirement night and Cavs Celtics, Isaiah's first game back in Boston. That might be the last big Cavs regular season game. Again, that's weird to say, but it, it might be um, just based on what else is going to matter. And, but Wednesday you get Kyrie and LeBron off the heels of Isaiah's performance. You get to see how Boston with how good their defense has been. Can they stop someone like LeBron? Um, can Jalen and, and, and crew there kind of handle him and, and does Mark, how does the, how does the Morris brother help? And we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's, it's a tough game for the Cavs on the, on the back to back. And I, and I think I, I'm not going to read too much into the game. I just, I don't think it's, it's worth evaluating deeply, but it's, it's going to have be a game that I think that will deserve some sort of interest. And, and there's, there's no more interesting way to follow up. I think Isaiah's debut with going to play the, the, the X point guard and LeBron's X point guard sidekick the next night on the road. Yeah, that, no, that, that, that should be fun. I'm interested to see, and you know, LeBron against the Celtics, you know, e- even if it's not, you know, Isaiah, I'm sure, you know, even dating back to, you know, over through the years, I think, you know, LeBron does, I think it, it's, it's a little bit like going to Madison square garden for him. I think it, it is, is going to Boston. And I think he, he will want to perform well. Cause he, 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 I think he really loves the stage. Yeah, and with the one, with the one exception that Cavs fans will. Right, well, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but in, I think re- yeah, in recent did. history, I should say. 
Yeah, there's people out there that just threw their phones and like changed us on like flipped NPR and they're on their radio station as they're driving to work listening to this. But yeah, you know, you're right. LeBron in Boston on the national stage against Kyrie, I can't imagine he's not going to play well. And he was a little grumpy tonight uh, playing against against Portland, kind of jostling with the rest a little bit. And you know, I, I don't I don't have the the audio on, but he looks like to be in a good mood at his locker and. Uh, it, it's always interesting, LeBron in Boston, and that, and what I think. I, I, I again, I hope that's not a game we read too much into, but it, it's going to be interesting. I think, nonetheless, just because of the names involved and in the and in the teams involved in and where it is, just in Boston, LeBron and Kyrie. I mean, we'll, I'm very curious to see how this turns out, and and I mean, watch Jose Calderon will probably outplay Kyrie, and we'll just learn nothing because life's yeah. weird. Yeah, hey, I, I, I'm with that. It's probably probably what's going to happen, but. Yeah, no, uh, subscribe to, to Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to Locked On Cavs, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network because we get to do cool stuff like this, like talk to each other, read LeBron Wire, read Fear the Sword. Uh, anything else that we need to tease before we wrap this one up? And go play and go, draft. Oh, yeah, just play, it's draft, play Wednesday. Draft, on draft Wednesday. Yeah, it's fun. Win some money and watch basketball. What else do you want to do? There's nothing better. Nothing better. It's been Locked on Cavs, Locked on Blazers. Have a good day, everybody.